Welcome to Haunters Podcast, a show dedicated to Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, haunted attractions, ghostly encounters, and all things macabre. Now here are your hosts, Mr. Wonderful and Zach Hilton. Welcome everybody to another episode of your favorite podcast. This is Haunters Podcast. No Zach today. This is crazy and wild because... I thought Zach was going to be able to join me on the program, considering he is the reason for this special edition that is dropping on this Monday, uh, wherever you are listening, whatever time you're listening. Hopefully, it dropped in just a couple minutes from the time of me recording this open and closed, but I thought Zach would be able to join me, but he got pulled away for work twice in trying to record this episode, which is okay because this is a special, as I mentioned, episode of Haunters Podcast. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Haunters Pod, Haunters P-O-D. You can also follow our Facebook page where a lot of you have been liking and we've been posting more, or at least I should say I've been posting more there. Just head to Facebook uh, and give a search for Haunters Podcast. You can find us. We're the ones with the lowest amount of likes, but you guys are getting us up on those likes as well. Hey, I think we're over 100 now as well, so, you know, celebration time over there on the Facebook just saying Uh, but Zach is crushing the Twitter so either way you can get in touch with us don't forget you can go back and listen to all previous episodes as well on our iTunes our Spotify our Stitcher Podbean wherever you love to listen and stream and subscribe you can hear us there and don't forget to rate and review us as well and share the show with friends if you think that they love uh, the haunts and, and the horror as much as you uh, tell them about us let them let them hear the show see that we're a bunch of cool dudes that uh, you can hang out with every single week but today a uh, very very special episode of the program uh, because Zach set this up we talked Hollow Scream. We actually reviewed Bush Gardens Hollow Scream, which you can go back and hear our review of it. We had a great time there, but Zach reached out to them and we actually heard back from the Williamsburg location and we scored an interview with Matthew Edwards, who works over there at Hollow Scream. He's kind of the head of the department over there, but he's not just the head of Hollow Scream. He runs all of the events over there. So this interview is really fun. We got about 23 minutes. Uh, we were only supposed to get 20 minutes with him tops, but I was able to squeeze a couple more minutes out of him because the conversation was just a lot of fun. I uh, got you're going to learn about Matthew's love for horror, uh, how he got actually involved, and and it's funny because when you hear what his job title is and you hear how much work he actually does over there, you kind of are curious how he's able to focus in on Hollow Scream, but in his time of running it. Zach and myself have talked about and and you'll kind of get a feel for it too in the interview of how the event has taken on a different approach with Matt at the helm and kind of seeing things because he has a love of the haunt season as much as you, myself, Zach, or uh, Brooke, uh, everybody else kind of involved over here at Haunters as well as you guys. Like He has a love for this stuff as well. So uh, this is a fun interview. Uh, you'll learn how they utilize the park the how much the design actually plays into a lot of what they come up with a lot of the houses uh we focus in heavily on the vault house which if you listen and go back and hear our previous episode where we talk about hollow scream the vault house was one of zach's and myself's favorites so we get a lot into that uh just a real fun interview that is coming up right after this hey this is josh and i'm rob 
and we are from the Diznoids Podcast. Join us each week as we try to keep our random ramblings in check. That's right. Dive into our cauldron with the sweetness of recipes from theme parks to movies to music to comics to any and everything we can talk about. Our jibber-jabber knows no boundaries, but our expertise in these fields will be sure to make your ear hole smile. That's right. Follow us each week with our episodic adventures with a side of sarcasm to lead us through the magical forest of pop culture. You can find us where all podcasts are found, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, and even on Facebook. Just search The Disnoids. That's right, my wonderful, wonderful friends. As always, stay metal. Welcome back to Haunter's Podcast. Zach had to step away from the program, but that's okay because he steps out and we get an incredible guest in return. I have Matthew Edwards. He works at Bush Gardens here in Williamsburg, Virginia. He's part of the Hollow Scream design team, but not only that, Matt, your job title is Entertainment Manager of Events and Festivals. That is correct. What exactly does that entail? Because that sounds like you kind of run everything there. <laughs> I'm not sure if I... That's quite accurate. Uh, so essentially, um, my area and my team, we focus on the uh, transition of the park into different looks based upon the season or the event that is occurring. So the park has sort of a core base look that it is normally featured as, but then we do an overlay of a food and wine event. We do a summer event. We have our beer fest event, Hallow Scream, Christmas Town. So each of those events are essentially um, a new decor look thematic packaging, things like that to help give the park um, the the look and feel that uh, marries into the event. Yeah, and having gone to uh, a lot of the events, because, you know, we are, our show is based out of Virginia, Zach's out of Virginia Beach. I, I lived in Virginia Beach forever, so going to Bush Gardens a lot of the times throughout the course of the year with that season pass, I can tell you, I've been there for the uh, the Wine Fest before, and, and, Hollow, and Hollow Scream, of course, and you guys do a fantastic job at really bringing uh, everything together and making it feel like you're stepping into that that setting oh well thank you thank you we appreciate that i mean uh, to be honest the park really does a lot of work for us we have uh, such a gorgeous park we've been nominated world's most beautiful theme park uh gosh 29 years now i think running it's it's so it's such a blessing to have all this um incredible natural uh forest and nature atmosphere and then the architecture that the folks who originally built this park with, I mean, they had a really, really good, strong plan in creating these completely new and different um, hamlets or villages as you go along the pathway. So you really, really get some um, unique visual experiences just seeing the different architecture of a France village, of an English village, of a Scotland village. And then for us to have the opportunity to add the decoration elements to really help uh, promote the event or to help support the look of the event using what's there from nature, what's there from the uh, existing architecture. It's it's so cool. It's so much fun every day to come in and just kind of see, you know, hey, what what are we going to tackle this week? What, what kind of look and color do we want to have for, for the park as we go right. into this kind of a season? It's, it's a lot of fun. There's, there's never a, a boring day here, let me tell you. Well, I guess this kind of is uh, going to be a little bit of an interesting question. So, did you really have like any type of horror background though like when for when hollow scream comes around or was this just kind of part of the job on the go figuring out kind of how to make those transitions and how to blend the horror element into that into that park uh well i think there the park kind of had an existing um hollow scream halloween horror kind of event um and look to it uh we're going into our 21st year now so all the folks who had been in my position before me, all the park leadership that we have throughout the 21 years, they had already sort of laid some groundwork for some pretty um, 
uh, unique and specific ways to do scares and to use our park in that um, in that capacity. I myself, uh, I, I like haunted houses. I mean, before I worked for the Bush Gardens Park Systems, I you know go to the home haunts, I go to the big corporate haunts, I went to any any and every haunt that I could um, see across uh, across America based on where I was living. And so it it kind of helped to have a little bit of a an idea or an understanding of what is relevant in the haunt industry and what makes for a haunt that I want to go back to versus what makes for a haunt that maybe is not one that I need to, you know, spend the time on again. So to come into the Bush Gardens world where we had this existing Hallow Scream event, it had been getting built upon year over year, new mazes being added, new um, scare zone or territories being added, um, transitioning out different thematic elements, whether it was pulling out of the lore of a specific village that we were showcasing, like uh, France and the, the catacombs under France, that sort of um, built-in natural uh, thematic, or our own interpretation of theming that we wanted to, to put into a village because the village had a, a really neat look. It was really helpful to step into that and see that here's where we've been, here's what we've done, here's what works well in this particular area, here's an area that maybe we haven't explored the you know Germanic folklore in depth enough, or maybe we've we've done the the folklore to a degree, and maybe we could go a little more revolutionary. Maybe we could take it a little more contemporary. So it, it's kind of it's kind of nice to at least experience haunts as a uh, a guest and to kind of bring that perspective into a world that's already been thriving in um, the haunt event. Yeah, yeah. I, I twenty one years Bush Gardens has definitely been killing it in the Virginia area, I, and actually down in Tampa as well. Can't forget that you guys, you guys Absolutely. have the parent. You know, you're you're part of the Tampa one as well, and and y'all have been killing it. Twenty one here, twenty down there. I think is what they're celebrating. Uh, so, you know, you guys definitely are doing something right uh, for all of those that have not attended this event yet. It is worth it. But you you mentioned how you have been to a lot of these other places. Uh, I kind of noticed this year's certain ones that have returned had different elements to it like uh for instance the uh uh adding fiends into vault but vault seemed a little bit different frostbite was definitely different is that you kind of seeing things that worked in other parks and going hey you know what if we just tweak kind of this right here or add like the garden of souls in italy which i thought was incredible as a scare zone and i think that this was the first year you guys did that one right uh garden of souls debuted last year last year okay sorry about that um and that was one that we had uh that had come from sort of our, our core group of our park leadership who were interested in the idea of um, sort of the Day of the Dead concept that is um, becoming fairly popular in haunts across um, the, the world, I guess, actually. But we wanted to make sure that we were doing it justice to the Bush Gardens Williamsburg um, theme or brand. So we don't have a, um, a Mexico area of the park. We do have an Italian area of the park that we have not necessarily um, spent a lot of scare opportunity in. So we looked sort of to uh, historic Italian funeral uh, festivals from the early 1900s, and that sort of inspired us to lead us in the direction of if uh, a 1900 Italian uh, group was to put on a, uh, a festival, what would that look like? What are the color palettes? What are the, uh, the flower or floral or decor elements that would support a festival like that? The chrysanthemum being um, the funeral flower um, in Italy. That's why you see that flower element, but it relates to some of the floral elements that you see in Day of the Dead celebrations. So we are trying to pay tribute to a, a theme that is fairly popular in popular culture right now, but we wanted to make sure that we were uh, giving it its due justice to make sense in our park and in the way that we, we do our park. Uh, or I the mazes, like you were talking about with um, uh, Vault and Frostbite, 
those are two that are um, more specifically just from my area, uh, my department that uh, we were looking at. We uh, knew the vault had a, a pretty solid layout from last year. We were excited that we had the opportunity to continue using the vault into this year. We had uh, uh, expected it to only be around for the 20th anniversary, but it was highly well received. We, the idea of the vault was um, historical characters that we no longer feature in the park. And, you know, 20 years, we got a lot of characters that yeah. we could pull from. So we wanted to continue the, uh, the, the experience for the guests and bring in some new characters that we hadn't seen before. But having the Fiends characters retired from the show really opened up the door that we could sort of put them into more of a horror capacity as opposed to the, um, the theatrical show capacity that they've been featured in. And then it's uh, an idea or the, the idea of what is the story that gets told. If you have Dr. Freakenstein and you have all of his Fiends and they're all a little bit more horror inspired, what happens if they're put into a vault with a bunch of other horror characters who have maybe resigned themselves to being in the vault. And maybe Frankenstein has not resigned himself. Maybe he thinks he's the, the bee's knees of the park and he wants to get back out there and he wants to show, you know, good old jack-o'-lantern what's up. So it was very fun to kind of create our own little internal story and create a conflict and a way for those characters to experience the vault together. Uh, Frostbite, that's one, I mean, it's, you, you and your, your listeners, I'm sure, have been uh, coming to the event. You've seen sort of three iterations of the Frostbite house. Um, this was, again, just trying to, to capitalize on what are the elements that really help tell the story of the Frostbite House, and how do we utilize the space that we're in, that Newcastle building, to its, its greatest capacity so that we're still giving fresh experiences for the guests, but it still feels like it's Frostbite. It, uh, it helps communicate the idea of the Frost Castle and the ice demons and the, uh, the fire-breathing dragon that had um, expired from year one. We wanted to make sure we brought all those elements back and we kept those elements uh, relevant and apparent for the guests as they go through. Uh, yeah, they. I, I got to say, the storytelling in Vault was... Uh, for. Uh, I'm going to speak for Zach on this one. That, that was his favorite show. He absolutely loved that show. When sure. you guys announced you were retiring it... Uh, he 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 teared up a little bit. I can say it. He, he was a little sad, but he loved the usage of them in that house. He loved the way that they were incorporated. He loved the storytelling in there, and I did as well. And and it really it, it pays off. You can see it in that house. And by the time you get to them, it's just the buildup was there, and it's so much fun to finally get to to see Igor again and and see them and be like, hey, what's up, guys? And they're they're not exactly in a good spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, well, we appreciate that. I appreciate um, um, that feedback. That was, that was really what we were trying to, to achieve. Um, some of the, the houses that I found to be most successful whenever I go as a guest is one where there really is a, um, a clear story and a clear uh, plot that you're sort of following from the beginning until you get to the, the end of it. Not to say that there's not a place for a house that you walk through and it's you know just the big loud bang scares and the, the startles around every corner. I think that's always wonderful, but we have such a incredible thematic and uh, installation team here that do such great detail work. It really would be a shame that we didn't capitalize on their skill sets and on the, the rich uh, story that the Fiends characters themselves have. I mean, they've had two iterations of their show. I mean, they were one of the original Halloween shows um, back in the early days. Uh, it left for a little while. It came back. It sort of had a new look to it whenever it came back in a new theater. So it was really fun to sort of take all those elements, all those characters, give them a little more of the horror aspect so that they fit into the hollow screen houses a little bit better, but then also to, to let the guests sort of see them and interact with them and kind of experience what it would be like if your favorite show characters ended up uh, haunting 
Yeah, and and it it, it plays through. So I got a, a big round of applause to you guys for that one. Thank you for that. Uh, as a fan of Hollow Scream as well, uh, I you did mention though a little while ago uh, when talking about that house, Jack and Jack is back. How did Jack come back? <laughs> I don't know how that 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 rhymed, and I did not write that down that way. It just happened. Sorry. <laughs> No worries. You can't keep a good board down. That's the, that's the thing with Jack. Uh, oh. We were very fortunate last year for our 20th anniversary that we were able to bring the character um, back in the form of the vault and in the form of our escape room last year. Jack was, you know, the original Hallow Scream icon for Bush Gardens Williamsburg. He had a very wonderful history here with us as the the feature character. As soon as people saw Jack on the billboards or uh, on was the internet a thing when we started? Whenever, you know, the Jack face would start to pop up, uh, people knew that that meant Hallow Scream was around the corner. Like, he was so synonymous to the event. And he had a very wonderful run with uh, his show in the Ireland Village. So it was always, it's bittersweet, you know, to, to retire a character. Um, but it's always uh, a goal to make sure that we're staying fresh and that we're staying on top of what the guests are looking for and what type of new experiences the guests are looking for. So to come back to the 20th anniversary and to realize, you know, Jack's been gone for a, a good, you know, nine years or so. Now's the perfect opportunity to bring him back, you know, to let some of the, the more um, uh, nostalgic fans or those who have been with us for, for the years and remember the Jack show to get a chance to see the character again, to interact with them, um, to put him into a house where they can go see other nostalgic characters they have recalled from history, to put him into an escape room where they can kind of see what Jack was up to for the, the nine years that he had been, um, you know, locked out of the park scares, if you will. And honestly, the, the guests were so thrilled. We had such a huge um, feedback to having Jack back again that it really just made sense that we just bring Jack is back back. Um, we, we put him back into his, his village. We put him back into his show. We give them that, uh, the Hallow Scream treatment, and so far, I mean, I tell you, guests are absolutely, they're just, they, they love it. And we love the character. We love the, the Scarecrow Stillwalkers, the pumpkin dancers, the way the village looks when you have all the, the pumpkin overhead lines and you have the fresh pumpkins and the corn all across the ground, the big pumpkin in the middle. It's such a cool look for that village. Like, I can't picture any other village that really lends itself as well to that type of thematic decor. So it was just very exciting to have the chance to not only bring Jack back, but the original choreographer and director, the original music arranger who wow. did the show, originally back in the early days of Hallow Scream, we were able to get them to come back in. So it's almost the same music. There's a couple little updates for the the, the, the canny ear will recognize that there's, you know, one or two little tweaks here or there, but essentially we remastered the original track. We, you know, give a little update to the costumes and the look of the different characters. Uh, the village itself has a little bit of a different look uh, in terms of the pumpkins and hay and the way uh, that we arranged it, but we just wanted to get back to the core of what made the Jack is Back show so popular and so much fun. And uh, the guests really do seem to be appreciating and um, loving the fact that they get a chance to, to get that, that 70s street party on again. Uh, yeah, it's funny because I got to I got to experience that show this year because we, we went actually, uh, we, we couldn't make it opening night, but we got there on the 14th and great time. We had a great time. And that was the first thing we did to kick off our, our uh, night awesome. was you had to see Jack kind of say hey welcome to hollow scream like and for me it blew my mind because the last time i remembered seeing him there i think usher was used in the soundtrack like oh. that's that's how long ago it was so you're right for somebody like me you guys kind of i call myself a mark for things like this and and you you got you got me yeah i was a mark you made me super happy that day 
Good, good. We we love to hear that. That's, that's <laughs> cool. You know, Jack. You know, Jack had some some different um, incarnations of the music that he was listening to, and we just wanted to make sure that we were uh, staying true to what the original show was all about, how it felt, how the guests reacted and responded to that that show. So that's why we we tried to steer back into the the world of the um, the year one incarnation of it. Now, with the success of Jack, is there any possibility that some of these other characters that were in the vault might find a way out of the vaults and back into the into the streets or is that is that a hush hush thing and i'm i'm getting too far ahead well i i could say never say never okay i I, I think there's always um that old adage uh at this point there's nothing i could really um give you uh too concrete uh you know i don't want to uh be a spoil sport but uh, (laughs) unfortunately there's not a a whole lot i can give you that's definite i do think um it is not out of the ordinary to see things that uh you haven't seen for a while in the coming years yeah, um, whether they have a little bit of a fresh uh, face to them or not. But I do think that there's always opportunity to um, keep things that work well and to keep uh, returning them to uh, their rightful place. Awesome stuff. Now, uh, I know we uh, got a little bit more time with you because I don't want to hold you up too long. Uh, I think you guys got a busy you got a busy evening ahead of you, I'm sure, getting ready for the weekend. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned the escape rooms. Can you tell us a little bit about that this year and, and what, what we can expect from those escape rooms? Because I'm not a big fan of those. I'm very claustrophobic, so I get very, very paranoid inside of those places. <laughs> no worries. So we uh, have two brand new escape rooms this year. Um, we've been going with escape rooms since, I believe it was 2016. We've always had two. Um, but this is the first year where both of the rooms are brand new. Um, historically, we've had one returning um, room that had new gimmicks in it and then a brand new room with a brand new theme. This year, we uh, thought, you know, since Jack's back, yeah, we had a Jack room last year, but we can really kind of amp that up. We can give Jack um, an even more robust room than he had previously. Also, uh, we were trying to break out of the, the typical mold of escape rooms, and that's where our second room, the Grave Obsession Room, came from. It's a little bit different from anything you've seen in escape rooms from Bush Gardens before. Um, also, probably from what you've seen in some of the more mainstream escape rooms that uh, occur around um, Virginia and around the country in general. We were looking a little bit more to go into kind of the psychological terror aspect um, as a, a new heightened experience for guests. Um, now I think the escape rooms have had a little bit of a um, there's a suspense but there's maybe a little bit of a, 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 a fun factor associated because you have the actor in the room with you and they're kind of either helping you or they're hindering you and they're maybe you know a little uh, sly or snarky as they're doing it. <laughs> we wanted to make sure we still had that fun with Jack because Jack does lend himself to that type of personality but with Grave Obsession we really wanted to make sure that we were pushing the envelope on um, what the, the terror capacity could be for the idea of a room that you're locked in for 30 minutes and you don't know if you're going to get out. So uh, without giving too much away, um, both rooms are brand new. It is, um, you know, puzzles, riddles, gimmicks, uh, that kind of a thing. You you do have to follow the clues. You have to ask the right questions or you have to look for the right, um, you know, colors or imagery to help you progress throughout the rooms. But in uh, in the instances, you're going to have um, an actor to work off of, and they may or may not be there for your benefit. So that's always something that you want to keep in mind. Uh, all right, I got to ask: Have you seen anything super crazy, like somebody pass out in the room or somebody break down and cry? Because I feel like that would be me in about five minutes. Uh, we we have had. Uh, I mean, I, I think we've had a fair number of people uh, leave. They were uh, too uh, terrified to continue through and complete the rooms. Uh, we have had some tears before. We've had some other. Um, things occur that we had to, you know, work around and clean up, but it's all in good fun, (laughs) and I think the guests get a big kick out of the opportunity to have such a 
a focused, localized um, terror experience. You know, for for those thirty minutes or or less, if you get out faster, uh, you're really, really sort of in this very confined, specific space. And it comes down to, you know, you know, it's good, good, safe, fun, but when you're in a room that has one door that is locked and you don't know if you're getting out, there is a little bit of an adrenaline factor that starts to kick in, and and I think the guests really do get a kick out of that. All right. Uh, before before we let you go, Matt, I want to end on more of a fun, lighter note. Uh, one of the fun features at Bush Gardens you all fe- uh, have, I believe this is over in the Ireland area, is the interactive bar to scare people. <laughs> Whose yeah, idea was so that? Like, like, who came up with that? How how do you all make that even possible? Because I, I've seen, I, I got to watch some of the videos when I was there. It it looks like a blast. <laughs> it, it is a lot of fun. That was an idea that I think had been percolating for a couple years prior to me starting in 2017. And uh, last year was the first year that we were able to sort of move forward and implement it. Um, and really, it's it's a huge feat of technical expertise. I mean, we've got people in technical departments and in our IT departments all working hand-in-hand to help uh, route those scares so that they're all able to be controlled from that one single control base. Um, the idea was always that, you know, how much fun is it to see people get scared, right? You, you go through a territory and you see almost as many people sitting on the benches on the side watching people get scared as there are guests walking through being scared. So to allow the guests to become part of the scares themselves, to actually control scares in and around the park and the houses, um, having the infrastructure that allows us to do that is just too much to pass up. So we we really tried to capitalize on what the park would uh, be able to support us doing. And the control bars, it's a lot of fun. I mean, being able to, to kind of see the immediate reaction of a scare that occurred on the clear other side of the park, that's... <laughs> That is a, a, a lot of fun to, to be able to experience and to watch. And the guests really do, they love getting that, you get those five or those ten button pu- button pushes and they're ready, you know. They know that they want to do the one over in the vault every time or they want to try <laughs> to do all of them and use their, their button presses that way. It's a, it's really cool and it's really a unique uh, experience that I don't think you can find that in too many other haunts, much less um, other uh, haunt events just because there's so much technical that goes into supporting it and Bush Gardens was already naturally uh, laid out for us to be able to use it. That's cool because yeah, I've I've been to a bunch of different ones kind of like you, big ones, little ones, big corporate ones, tiny independent ones. I had never seen that until you guys started doing that and I thought that was just the most bonkers thing that anybody <laughs> came up with. It's, you know, it's, it's such a, a far out there idea that I'm sure when it was first pitched, it was probably like, yeah, that'll never happen. You know, there, there's no way we can make that work. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, it's even the most uh, outer space idea they can come up with, if you start talking about it and really dissecting it down, you can usually find a way to make it happen. And uh, as you, you know, we can all see for the control bar, it, it's pretty effective. So, yeah. you know, there is no crazy idea. There's only... Um, uh, successful implementation. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it, it, it's some good stuff. Well, well, Matt, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, thank really? you for thank you for hanging out with us and giving us this in depth dive into Hollow Scream. There's, I learned I learned a lot today. Oh, good, good. Well, I appreciate you having us. We really appreciate you taking the time to. Uh, to, to get us uh, on the horn with you so we could we could talk a little bit oh we we would love to talk to you guys more uh, we love coming out there uh, we, we you know it's god I, I i lose track of time i know it's been over a decade of of doing it for me now because i'm originally from new york and the moment i got to virginia i saw those jack signs and was like what is this and <laughs> got hooked and have been back I, I i think every year but one so it's it's 
it, it's definitely on there. It's it's definitely worth a check out. And if you guys have never checked it out, the listeners out there, definitely get out there. See see Matthew's work. See what they do over there at Bush Gardens Williamsburg. Check out Hollow Scream. It's a great time. Please do. Come say hi. We'd love to see you. And Matt, you have a great day, and thank you so much again. Thank you, you too. Hey there, podcast fans. I am Cassie, and I'm the host of Disflix and Tidbits, my solo movie podcast about Disney Company movies from the past, present, and coming soon, and all the little extras, movie news, and experiments on nostalgia in between. Come for the childhood memories, stay for the deep dives into your favorite movies. New episodes every other Wednesday. Tune in to Disflix and Tidbits. Subscribe for free wherever podcasts are found. Again, big thank you to Matthew Edwards over there at Bush Gardens Williamsburg for taking the time out of his day uh, and really his busy schedule over there because as you can hear, he's a guy that's not just running Hollow Scream. Like the moment Hollow Scream ends, he's putting on that Santa hat and he's getting into Christmas mode because they're going to be transforming that park into a beautiful Christmas town and make it a holiday uh, extravaganza for all of you to attend as well. So you can, just a really interesting way that they kind of do things over there and how they're able to tell different stories and 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 I really am telling you, if you head to Williamsburg, you want to check out that bolt house you heard how how much fun it was for them how cool that house kind of is it's it's really the closest thing to the i guess more corporate haunts so to say as we discussed uh attending other haunts in that interview but uh i did want to let you know as well because i wanted to get to this but again as i mentioned we only had 20 minutes with him and i was able to squeeze a couple more out but i wanted to get to it because if you didn't know bush gardens williamsburg actually is extending their hollow scream season uh it is going to be going till november the third now so you get a couple extra days of the haunt season they want to ride it out a little bit more take it past halloween because otherwise it was going to be done on the 31st but they're taking it into that weekend right after so the first the second and the third of november you can still get to hollow scream enjoy a little bit more of the haunt season post it and uh, you know what it's still worth it checking it out even after the Halloween screen, uh, season or after Halloween passes because it is a good fun time over there at Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, and Hollow Scream. So that'll do it for this episode. Uh, don't worry. We've got a ton of stuff dropping this week for y'all. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to have the spoiler talk full review of Halloween Horror Nights, that trip to Universal that we took uh, last weekend, which our previous episode is our instant reactions to the houses. But now that we've had a little bit of time, we've got our voices back. We've really just had some time to kind of sit on all of it and think about it. We will have a full review, break down our our rankings, what we thought of the event uh, and all of that. That's coming up in Wednesday's episode. But then this Friday, we're going to have another episode dropping for you as well uh, where we're going to talk about King's Dominion and their Halloween haunts because we got a chance to swing on out there as well for their media night this past Friday night. Uh, So we will have a full review of that for you guys as well. So thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you all in just a couple days. Zach will be back in those other episodes. Don't worry. It's not just me. It's not just a wonderful, heavy episode. Although, if you guys like it, tweet us and tell them at Haunters Pod, Haunters POD, and on the Facebook, Facebook.com, search Haunters Podcast. Talk to you guys in just a couple days. Stay scary, my friends. Thank you for listening to another episode of Haunters Podcast. 
Don't forget to tell a friend. And you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and other streaming services just by searching Haunters Podcast. You can tweet us at Haunters POD, or you can find us on Facebook by searching Haunters Podcast. Until next time, don't open that door or check under your bed. Make sure your doors are locked and the lights are on. You never know when the next scare will come for you. Ha, 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 ha.